Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Reactionaries podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Gruen. Joe, how is your day going today? It's going good. We are back this week to talk about Zack Snyder's 300. Um, if you are a listener, you know that we already put out the Preactionary, which came out on Friday for this, uh, where we go over the trailer. And normally we figure out what we think the movie's going to be about, but we needed a palate cleanser after last week's movie. So we've both seen this one. So uh, go ahead, check that one out before you listen to this episode if you'd like. Um, but if not, we can just go ahead and get into uh, Zack Snyder's love letter to history. 300. Yes. So, 300, released in 2006, directed by Zack Snyder, the man who uh, promoted Sparta culture and also ruined Batman and Superman. <laughs> uh, the budget was $65 million. At the box office, it made $456.1 million. So, uh, it was seventh in a good year. That is quite a bit more money than our last film made. Which was question mark. Well, or no, I, I believe like, it was two hundred thousand or something. Something like that. Yeah, the assignment. Not not a not a great uh, showing for um, the producer of Alien, <laughs> as they call yeah. it. Yeah. But he yeah. could have produced this if you really wanted to. But. Yeah. But Zack Snyder, yeah, three hundred. So um, this really felt like a prequel to all the superhero movies we got, we, we deal with now, didn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Um, there was definitely some superhero. We esque moments. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the guy that gets stabbed in a bicep and just pulls the sword out. There's that there's Leonidas is indistinguishable. A lot of times from Chris Pratt's characters these days. Mm, okay. There's the two guys that are just busting chops all over each other. Yes, there's a lot of slow motion. So monochromatic backgrounds. Introduced introduction of a kind of a revolving door of villains. Yeah, and um and uh just sort of just a lot of just I feel like yeah, it's just a lot of proto like a lot of our movies these days pattern themselves after 300, which I mean a certain amount of that is Zack Snyder being involved with the DC universe. Right. And so he put that whole like monochromatic, like everything is going to be one color thing going. So maybe yeah. that's that's why. Yeah, definitely. And also it's kind of bridging the gap. Like we said, um, this is a Frank Miller book. Mm -hmm. And this this movie probably doesn't get made without the success of Sin City. So whereas Sin City was also monochromatic in the sense that it was black and white with like splashes of color. Um, this movie just kind of like kept the same lighting as as uh sin city and just applied the color back like yeah in, they just, in deeper kind of sepia tones there was so much sepia and blue filter going on in this movie so At night it was much. blue morning it was yeah exactly well i think i remember reading that this whole almost all of this movie was just filmed on a soundstage like it wasn't actually done outside for a lot of it so that would make a lot of sense why it was just filters well, yeah, everything was basically CGI. That was the other thing, which I got to be honest with you, I was kind of impressed considering how many movies utilize CGI today that just looks terrible. Like some of the Fast and Furious movies takes me out of the movie. And um, in this movie, I guess because everything was CGI, none of it took me out of the movie. Oh, well, well when we start talking about the movie, The Wolf 
took me out entirely. The wolf was terrible, but everything else looked everything else looked all right. And I think it's because we gave it the benefit of the doubt that it wasn't supposed to look realistic. Right. So I think it would get. But the wolf at the beginning, I was like, good God. Yeah, that was interesting. I couldn't tell if it was a bear or a wolf or what. It was a PlayStation 2 cutscene, is what it looked like. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So, Joe, you want to go? Do you want to get started? Uh, We'll talk. We'll go through the movie and um, let the people know all about Zack Snyder's 300, a a small indie movie. I'm sure that nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think we're just breaking the news to you guys. We we kind of open with some baby skulls. Our first shocking image is a kind of a pile of baby skulls at the bottom. Uh, which I, I guess that's awesome, Joe, I see piles of baby skulls all the time. Do you? Yeah, totally. Is that a standard in the life of an unemployed 30 something? <laughs> um, but my so, business, sir. nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's true. None of my business. Um, so then we see a live baby being mm-hmm. held by an old man over a cliff's edge, which I guess is their kind of their homage to the lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, Except if he has like a bump on his head, uh, he gets tossed over instead of made the future king. There's like that gif of um, of uh, they edited the Lion King. Where I've seen he, that. He hold, yeah, holds up Simba and just throws him. It's kind of like yeah. that. Yes, exactly. Like slingshots him off the cliff. Um, so then we get the narrator explaining what the hell's going on here. And this is the first line. And by the way, the narrator talks throughout this entire movie. I did not put all the narrated lines I am just doing this because this happens to be the first dialogue in the movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of narrated lines. There was a real uh, tell-not show in this movie for a lot of this. Yes. Um, so the narrator says, when the boy was born, like all Spartans, he was inspected. If he'd been small or puny or sickly or misshapen, he would have been discarded. These are the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these are the good guys and um this is when i was talking about in the pre-action that sparta sucked sparta sucks they're eugenics. yeah this is eugenics <laughs> yeah and this is this is like uh they did it on mount uh, i think it's tigeus um in, i called uh, it i called it dead baby mountain but dead baby mountain well that's what it is in the ancient greek it's it's dead baby mountain yeah i made that up no like but really um, shitty ride <laughs> at uh disneyland <laughs> What do you think they're replacing Splash Mountain with? Oh, God. (laughs) But what's weird about this narrator, okay, so we find out later in the movie that it's Dilios, okay? You brought up the narrator. I want to talk about this. We find out that it's Dilios who is rallying the troops a year after the Battle of Thermopylae. Oh, you're giving it away. Yeah. Well, it's, Joe, it's history. We know that this happened. (laughs) Um, But he's, like, rallying the troops before the Battle of Plataea but he's it, imagine being rallied and be like, OK, so let me tell you about this crazy battle um, right. that happened a year ago. But first, let me tell you the entire life story of the leader of that battle. And let me tell you about the history of like like the traditions of Sparta, even yes. though all of you have grown up there. <laughs> yeah. Or you don't like Sparta. Like, think about it. There's like Athenians there, Arcadians, there's Corinthians. There's this giant force that he's rallying. And he's like, so here's the reasons why you might hate us. We threw our babies off cliffs. Uh, right. We beat the hell out of our kids to make them good warriors. Well, well, it's also just like, in a real sense, like imagine if Patton had started every one of his speeches with like a history of the United States, a full history of the United States, 
and a dissection of American traditions at that time. Yes, and like a history of like uh, uh, FDR from birth to, because that's it, what he does here. Yeah, it'd be absurd. <laughs> it'd be insane. Be like, can we just go fight? Like, yeah, that's what like, here. Imagine this. I imagine this took him like three hours to tell the story, and they're like, Easily. "Come on, get on with it." <laughs> Easily, yeah. um, so longer want, than it took us to watch for sure. Yeah, and so I just wanted to. to I was trying to figure out where I wanted to bring in talking about this insane narration, but that's a good time as any. So, um, yeah, so we're back. The narrator's talking a lot about um, Spartan tradition and um, King Leonidas as a baby. Yeah, we kind of get it like a like a montage of the early life of, of King Leonidas. Um, I should also, this is where I should say, this Dilios has a fantastic voice. Oh, it's that's so why it doesn't bother me. Yeah, he's he has the perfect narration voice. It's uh, David Wenham, who is a Faramir in uh, Lord of the Rings, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If he had any less of a voice, this would be intolerable. But because he, oh. he talks so much. But like he has he has maybe one of the better narration voices I've ever heard. Oh, it's it's it is like fan. I was thinking about it. It might be my favorite part of the movie is his is his narration voice. I would agree. It's like it's the perfect, perfect blend of gravelly and like smooth i don't know and, it's, and it has it's gra- so much weight and gravitas to gravitas it. behind it very good yeah um so then we get uh we flash forward seven years and we see leonidas is a seven-year-old boy and we get our training period of the montage where he's sparring with a full-grown man supposedly mm-hmm. his father uh and he is getting slapped around quite a bit a little bit yeah um then we learn that the boys are taught never to retreat, never to surrender, um, and that death on the battlefield in service to Sparta was the greatest glory that any of them could achieve in their lives. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of so the never retreat, never surrender every time they said it, because they harp on this a lot, because that's kind of what they did. And all I could think of was the aliens in Galaxy Quest, because their yeah. thing was never, never give up, never surrender. That's right. So yeah. It's supposed to have this, this like, this like, we will fight to the death. We won't turn turn tail. But all I could think of was, uh, uh, you know, the the weird aliens in Galaxy Quest saying, right. "Never give up, never surrender." You are our last. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> that's all I could think of every time. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then we get introduced to uh bulgogi, or as they call it, <laughs> agogi, <laughs> or as I call it, pierogi. Right. You you can give it whatever name you want at home. Um, this is when a seven-year-old boy, Spartan boy, is taken away from his mother and plunged into a world of violence mm-hmm. where he will do a few things. Fight, starve, steal, and kill if necessary. Because he has one task to get through this. He just has to survive. That's all he's yeah. got to do. Right. Now... Uh, I don't know where I put this, but th- this is interesting because this is supposed to be Leonidas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out that the boys that that every firstborn boy of higher houses is exempt from this, except for the king. Except for the king. <laughs> Is that, yeah. that must be the insinuation here? 
Yeah, that's kind of weird. There's a lot of what they do in this movie is they take like one Greek tradition and then they just kind of overlay it over another one for simplicity. Because it would be really weird if it was like, all right, all these 300 men had to go through this, but not our king who lived a life of luxury and is supposed to be the ultimate badass out of all of them. I would almost bet, though, just off of instinct that the the king's son did not have to go. <laughs> no, especially after spoiler alert, spoiler alert um, he doesn't come back. So I think the king's son gets a little bit different life path than uh, King Leonidas did. Yes. Um, so we then um, find out that when they become teens, they're whipped mercilessly and then tossed into the wild to kill super wolves. Yeah. Or die trying. Mega demon wolves were very common in, in ancient Greece. Just, yeah, these things are like the size of tractors. Yeah, of course. They were all over the place. <laughs> it's a real problem. Yeah. Um, um, by and the way, just a side yeah. alert or side point, my dog did not like this demon wolf at all. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite the threat. Um, so uh, foreshadowing alert, the boy kills the wolf by drawing him into a crevice. Oh, yeah. And um, the wolf had, I just want to align, the jewel, the wolf had eyes like jewels from the pit of hell itself. Are yes. jewels generally known for being in hell? I imagine there's some jewels down there, right? That's where all the greedy go. I suppose so, but they're punished because if there were jewels, that's their punishment is they don't get jewels. Yeah, but Satan gets the jewels. Oh, Satan has them. He okay. hoards them. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and then he like dangles them in front of their face as punishment. Yeah. So this was really bad wolf CGI. And then we get, he kills it with the, the shadow on the wall kill that has become very yes. common. Yeah. They don't actually show the kill because one, maybe they're not talented enough at CGI to show the full kill or two, they don't have the budget to show it. I but mean, yeah. he goes like right through the mouth up through the back of the brain. So it's a pretty graphic shadow kill. Yeah, but that that one's become pretty common. I I see a lot of threads in this of of stuff that we see a lot now. It yes. Is, yeah, and that it, it that's was a one trendsetter. of them. Yeah. Um. So the king he beca- oh the boy comes back he becomes king he's wearing the wolf pelt mm-hmm. at the ceremony. Um. Again, to reinforce that he's killed this wolf. In fact. Yes. And and you know out in the wilderness you learn how to sew and and make and make clothes and everything I guess. Right. Out of the pelt. Yeah. Um, so the narrator comes back and he tells the troops, oh, cause we, this is, we do see that he's talking to troops. Um, and he says, there's a new beast coming, the Persians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is real, real nice. Uh, I, I, I went on a jag in the pre-action about how this is a Bush era, the perfect Bush era film. And, and, uh, the Middle East being a beast is a very, um, a, evocative image, I guess, for what, uh, uh, they were trying to say here <laughs> yes um so then we get our introduction to our our first persian it's a persian messenger coming with mm-hmm. his his uh friends and uh they come bearing gifts crowned skulls yeah you ever not see those, what like those braids of uh garlic at the store like, like that, that was... but with with crown skulls yeah and leonidas took one look at it and was like do you have a gift receipt? Cause <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I already have, I already you know, have one of those. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, two seems a little gaudy. It seems like much. I, yeah. we don't 
have a place to put it is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I already have one. I don't want to put, you know, it, I appreciate the thought is basically yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yes. Um, very good. Yes. So Leonidas wants his son. Well, first we get to see Leonidas who is training with his son and he wants his son to fight with his fists, but also with his head and his heart. Yes. So everything. <laughs> he just wants to fight with his whole body. He just really wants his son to fight. Um, so then he goes to meet the messenger. Um, Cersei comes with him. We get mm-hmm. introduced to, to uh, his queen. Queen who Cersei. Has, who has a terrible name in this movie, which is the her real name. But Gorgo. 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 <laughs> Gorgo. Yeah, I, I call her Cersei throughout this thing. But yes, her okay. real name is Gorgo. Um, so Gorgo is being quite the bitch to McNutty, who is also there. <laughs> Well, McNutty sucks, too, in this movie. That's the thing. But he's done nothing but, like, basically greet the messenger and bring him and, like, show him around. Um, But they're already angry at him. You can tell there's, like, a history of hating Mm -hmm. McNutty. And his name is Theron in this movie. And so I do call him Theron. Um, So Leonidas warns the messenger that in Sparta, even the messenger is held responsible for the words of his king. Yes. He he goes with the old saying, always shoot the messenger. Correct. <laughs> um, so the messenger then says, Earth. Well, well he asks, why, why are you there? Leonidas mm-hmm. said, why are you there? Messenger says, Earth and water. Uh, then we get uh, some dialogue between Cersei and the messenger. Cersei says, do not be coy or stupid, Persian. You can afford neither in Sparta. The messenger then says, what makes this woman think she can speak among men? Cersei says, because only Spartan women give birth to real men. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you hairless weirdo. Now go back to your effeminate king and tell him to grow a beard or get lost. <laughs> also, they, they they give birth to Spartan men unless they want to throw them down a pit. Yes. Well, the <laughs> real men are the ones that don't get thrown in the pit. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. They, give, they give birth to not real men, too. But they just get discarded. Um, they're monsters, Jeff. So, oh, <laughs> so um, the messenger then warns Leonidas about his god king Xerxes and says to avoid his wrath, he'll have to give up some land and water as a mm-hmm. token of submission. Mm-hmm. Um, Leonidas points out that the scholarly pedophiles of Athens already refused this offer. And <laughs> Leonidas takes a moment uh, at this time to let the wind hit his balls, then kicks the messenger down a pit along with his men. And this pit lasts basically forever. Yeah, it's it's an endless pit that people just fall and fall and fall and fall and fall. Yeah. How crazy would that have been to dig? Yeah, it would have taken a while. Well, good thing that they were a society of slavers, so they didn't right. have to do the work. They don't really even know. They're like, who knows? Who keeps track? <laughs> yeah, who cares? Well, there's like thousand slaves raising their hands in the background. <laughs> yeah, they, they're like, hey, this will be easy. I mean, somebody will do the work and the slaves are just like, uh, we're somebody. <laughs> but um, this line here, madness, this is Sparta. That was a cool line. I haven't heard it. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sure nobody ran, would ran that into the ground. This, this is madness. 
Yeah, but my my big take with this is like he kicks him into the well, the endless well, presumably where they get their drinking water. So now he's just gonna have a corpse in their drinking water. I can't tell if this is a well or a pit. Yeah, it shouldn't be. If it's as well, it's a poor decision. Well, he says you'll find both down there. Yeah, but part of me thinks it's just a pit that like they don't drain. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, because if they're getting their water from there. Spartans are not smart. No, yeah, the world's deepest well. That's that maybe where the plague came came about. <laughs> yeah, and um, this whole uh, thing where he kicks the uh, this is this will be one of my historical jags. This whole thing where he kicks the messenger into the well for wanting earth and water. Real thing threw him down the well. Um, Sparta then sent Persians or sent Persians some messengers to return the favor because you're not supposed to kill the messengers. Uh-huh. And this is how much Sparta sucked. So they killed Persians. They Sparta sent Spartans for Persians to kill, and Persians went, "No, no, we're not monsters. What? Why would we? Do, why would we do that? You don't kill the messenger." So, Very interesting. Yeah. So in real life, um, this just underscores how much the Spartans sucked. Persia was like, right. "Okay, so you sent us these guys to murder, but we're not going to do that. That's insane. We don't have a beef people. with them." Yeah, you're crazy people. They're just messengers. You don't kill the messenger. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know whose side I'm on as this this movie develops, mm. um, but we'll see. Uh, Leonidas, then uh, we get a new scene where Leonidas is climbing a cliffside to visit the Ephors, which yeah. are Sparta's priests who are inbred lepers, basically. Yeah, inbred leper... Um pedophiles i guess because they talk about how it's a young girl that that and then he yes yes um very gross very weird especially because the ephors were just you know theron the city council yeah that's what the ephors were this is when i gave up on trying to oh they were councilmen so they kind of split them into two groups yeah they they, both were corrupt (laughs) yes but they made the ephors like the oracle caretakers in this movie for some reason i guess to really other them but yeah this is where we get the uh the gazebo that you talked about the gazebo yes yeah um i have a question though how are they inbred if there are no sisters up there that's what i want because they they i guess they just breed with the oracles but then they're not really inbred then they're not really inbred are they <laughs> no joe i have a million problems with this uh, with this part and um, them being weird uh, lizard men, it's not really high up on the list. Well, I figured they were lepers. I I really they're not lizard men like the immortals are. Yeah, that's true. Um, they're really just gross. They have like boils all over them and stuff. Yeah, they really are just like acid attack victims when you get down to it. That's all well, they are. Lepers, basically. Like it's what I imagine leprosy would look like. Yeah. Um. So Leonidas has to bribe these lepers before mm-hmm. he goes to war or they won't grope a drug teenager and tell him Sparta's doomed. Yeah. And then what's he going to do? <laughs> He's got to listen. But he says that this is what I don't get. He calls They call the ephors the priests of the old gods. And then when they tell him not to go to war, everybody's like, Leonidas, you can't go to war. Right. I can't figure out what they think of the of the ephors, if they're supposed to listen to them or if they're these swine that – are like the old gods, which by the way, there's no old gods in Greece. Yeah. There's just the God that it's prior to new religion. So it's all old gods. Yeah. There's, there's okay. So you have the gods, but before Zeus. the gods were, were the Titans. Yes. And before and the, Titan, the Titans, the Titans were like chaos. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 before the Titans, no, Chaos and them was before the Titans. There's no uh, old gods. There's like elements, Titans, and gods. Interesting. Joe, I don't think this movie's very realistic. Well, it's fun. <laughs> uh, one of the E4s says Sparta isn't allowed to fight during the Carnea, uh, which I guess is supposed to mean something to me. Well, this is real. This is a real thing. This is they told real King Leonidas he couldn't fight during the Carnea. Oh, but they didn't explain what the hell the Carnea was. No, it's it's um it's a uh, marinated beef. Oh, that's carne asada. That's carne. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> um, yes. So I'm assuming it's a festival of some kind. Yeah, it's, it's just a festival. Uh, Leonidas lays out his plan to draw the Persians to a mountain pass called the Hot Gates. Mm-hmm. And once they're inside there, their numbers won't mean anything, and they can just slaughter them uh, as they enter into the Hot Gates, build a big body wall. And then um, I don't know what they're going to do with all those bodies, but whatever. <laughs> well, they um, turn them into walls, Joe. Spoiler alert. They do turn them into walls. That's right. Uh, so the E4s uh, um, have to first consult the Oracle, uh, one of Sparta's most beautiful teen girls. And by consult, they mean drug, grope, lick, and misinterpret the words of. <laughs> <laughs> After they ogle for a while. Yes. Yeah. Well, they have to dance first. Yeah, they yes. do the dance, the oracle dance. Um, and by the way, the 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 oracle, quote unquote, says to honor the Carnea, mm-hmm. uh, and that they they should not be going to war. Uh, turns out the E fours are being paid by the Persians, as is Theron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get this. We call them pompous, inbred swine, worthless, disease rotten, corrupt. And that's when we see the shot of the Xerxes coin and the, them getting bribed by by the um, by the Persians. But yeah. again, this is if you don't want to go to war, you're corrupt, you're diseased, you're rotten, you're worthless. This is more that Bush era propaganda that I love so much. That's right. Um, it was in the midst of it was 2006. Midst yeah. of the war. Um, Joe, Leonidas, we're still in the midst of the war. <laughs> I thought we ended that. God, no. Is that not over? Uh, Leonidas is hanging dong in this next scene yes. and moon gazing. Yes, he's hanging dong and moon gazing. It's nighttime and Gorgo is horny. Call her Cersei. I cannot say that name seriously. Cersei uh, is so horny. He's like, he's like, there's death and destruction that's going to come on upon us. They won't let us fight. I have to figure out what to do. And she's like, first. We should bang. lick my thighs. Yes. Uh, but also she's super jealous of an adolescent sex slave. Yeah, that was weird, too. She's like, has has the visit to the Oracle made you uh, less, I don't know, into me or whatever the hell. And then uh, Leonidas assures her that's not the case. But Leonidas is troubled and mm-hmm. Cersei tells him essentially to man up and then they bang. Yeah, she's like, man up, bang Fix Sparta. Bang. <laughs> Don't listen to the people that tell you not to. Bang. Be, beat our kid. Then beat bang. Kid, <laughs> bang. Yeah, she is. He's like, she was there. So it's not like she doesn't understand the gravity of the situation. He killed, totally. He killed the messenger of this massive empire. And she's like. That was basically coming, telling them they're going to destroy them. 
Yes. Which also, no, he wasn't saying he was going to destroy them. This is the first of many times where Persia is like, okay, let's be rational about this. Let's be calm. We can work this out. And Sparta just goes, no! You're right. Well, say, not destroy them, but like absorb them into absorb the Persian Empire. Yeah. And so she was there. She understands the gravity of the situation, but she's like, why don't we bang? Come yeah, why on. Why do we do this enough? Yeah. <laughs> we never bang anymore. You're yeah. always worried about the war. Yeah, we never, we've not, we don't bang anymore ever since you murdered the the emissary of the biggest empire on earth. Yeah. It seems like you're a little distracted. Ever since you started our times version of a world war. Exactly. <laughs> um. So then there's a sex montage, and one scene looks like Leonidas hit the wrong hole by accident. <laughs> um. Thanks. Leonidas then rounds up 300 men. Okay. Yeah. Field. Next day. Next, after the sex, yeah. uh, has rounded up 300 men, and they all have sons to carry on their names. Except for uh, one who is a son, which makes me wonder how many of them don't actually have sons to carry on their names. Yeah, that guy doesn't have a son. <laughs> no. So here's here's my thing. So you got Leonidas, we got his captain, and then they got, he was like, I've got 300 men. Yes. So it's in this movie be called 302? 302. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Checkmate, Zack Snyder. Checkmate. And then, uh, and then we get well, a and, and Michael Fassbender counts as, as two because he's the teacher pet of teacher's pet of this unit. That's what I was gonna say. He's got Michael Fassbender as a major teacher's pet. And I said, calm down, man. You're all gonna die. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, was he's like he's like, I would die for you. He's like, all right. <laughs> well, calm down, well, dude. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll get your time. We'll get there. Um Leonidas notices his captain brought one of his sons. Uh, the captain says he has, quote unquote, others to replace him. And the son definitely heard that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, are you sure you want your son to die? He's like, it's fine. I got him at Costco. I got more. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got plenty. I got six of them. Yeah, he, he treated him like, you know, you, you go to somebody's house and they're like, you want green tea? You, I, I bought a 30 pack at Costco. I don't know what, what I'm going to do with all this green Take tea. Take one. Take one, take, take, take two. five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then who I call the senators show up. They're like the counselors, I think is what they're called. Mm -hmm. um, they come out to the field and they try to talk Leonidas out of it. Because, again, the Oracle said that they shouldn't go. And the E4s said they shouldn't go. Um, Leonidas says he's just going for a stroll with 300 bodyguards. No war. No war. Just doing whatever he wants. Uh, Leonidas says, then says goodbye to his son and his wife. Uh, no hugs allowed, only stern glares. He calls her Milady, which is the, <laughs> you, you have to look like Gerard Butler in 300 to have a woman not make a face when you call her Milady. You know, one of the things that goes on in this film is a lot of Irish and Scottish stuff pops out, like accents and sayings. Yeah. Among these people who are Greek. It's really weird. It's, it's bizarre. I mean, it also goes back to like in Star Wars, all the bad guys are British. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, um, uh, Cersei tells Leonidas to come back with your sword or on, or with your oh, wait, shield or I on I have it. this. I have okay. this dialogue. So Cersei says, Spartan, as he's walking away. Then Leonidas says, yes, my lady. And Cersei gives him a rad shark's tooth necklace. Yeah. Totally and cool, dude. Totally rad. And then Cersei says, come back with your shield or on it. 
thanks, hun. I'll miss you too. Yeah. <laughs> I my my take on this was like, I'm going off to war, and your last message to me is nagging me that we spent too much money on shields. I keep losing. It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> true. She's like, we don't have the money in the shield budget to buy you another shield with it or on it. You're gonna come back with that thing. Or all over it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, it actually reminds me of the time where my dad took me and my sister to Tijuana when we were like eight. Yeah. And uh, my mom said, you either bring, we might have been 10, said, you either bring them back or don't come back at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 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 I mean, there is an option there where he just sells you guys into Tijuana child slavery and then lives off the money. Lives an awesome life in Tijuana. Totally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure if you guys, yeah. I'm sure if you guys sucked on the way down, he was like, maybe so not at all is an option. <laughs> go back. <laughs> uh, so only the hard and strong may call themselves Spartans, not the soft and limp. Well, Joe, only the hod. Had? That was the weird accent. He says, only the hod. <laughs> only yeah. the strong. Yeah. Well, and then we know why he's saying this, because we get a shot of caped Quasimodo, mm-hmm. who is watching on from a hilltop. And his hands, palm, and fingers are way too long. All of these things. They're free. Imagine. Hands are long. The palms are long. The fingers are long. Everything's too long. Real Slenderman stuff. You know, Jeff, you know what they say about guys with long hands, palms, and fingers? They're freaks who betray their country. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That is what they say. With giant dongs. (laughs) Um, So do all Spartan captains play two flutes at the same time? Or is this guy just showing off? I was going to say we have this cool slow-mo shot. Of shields, swords, spears, only what they can carry into battle, except for the captain, who plays a sweet <laughs> little double flute, double leading flute. the way. Do, 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 do. It's a bizarre addition. To it that. really takes you out of the scene because it's supposed to be this, you know, hard, like they're going on. This is what's going under the only the hard, only the strong. Yes. Uh, voiceover, and then you just get do, 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 double flute guy. It's true, double flutes. Um, so Leonidas then meets with a man named Daxos, mm-hmm. and Daxos leads hundreds of potters, sculptors, and blacksmiths into battle. Yeah, these and, are Arcadians. Yeah, Leonidas insults them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, fuck tradesmen, right? Yo, well, I said, because he goes, see, old friend, I brought more soldiers than you did. Yeah, because Arcadia isn't run by slaves like Sparta. Right. They actually have to have a society. They had to build a society where people exchange goods and services. Yes, they did. They worked for a living. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Learn to code, assholes. No. <laughs> uh, narrator then says uh, about Leonidas, his only regret is that he has so few to sacrifice. <laughs> it's a bizarre thing to say yeah, about and, our hero. Keep in mind that this is this is what he's telling to guys who are about to fight in war. He's going to yes. lead them. He's like, this is my role model. I see my soldiers as pawns to sacrifice, just so you know. Yeah, I consider myself fortunate because I have tens of thousands more of you to sacrifice. Yes. 
really a countless number. I can sacrifice so many of you and I won't even notice. No, it's literally the greatest thing I could ever do. <laughs> yeah. That's also weird is like this whole thing. They're like, everybody dies on the battlefield. That's the best thing you can do. And there's some guy in the back. I'm sure there's some guy in the back who's like, excuse me. <laughs> um, I don't want to die on the battlefield. I'm not a weird Spartan. Yeah. Um, well, they do say that later. <laughs> but yeah, also, that's, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Like people are like, this is the greatest thing you could ever do. I'm sure a few of them are like, yeah. What about sex, though? That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Yeah. He's like, I just bought this new mule. Um, I kind of want to go use it before I die, so I'll see you guys later. Yeah. See ya. Um, so the Spartans then spot Quasimodo again, mm-hmm. and uh, then they see the city burning in it, uh, a city burning in the distance. Yeah. Uh, and as they enter it, uh, the boy, uh. Uh, oh, a boy emerges from the smoke and warns them that the Persians have monsters. And then the boy dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that goes. Leonidas is pissed at the destruction because it's not like Greeks grow on trees. Oh, wait. <laughs> hey. So here's my here's my thing about this. Yeah. So they, they come out on this burned out town and these are hardened warriors we had a whole scene to show what hardened warriors they are and that they're not potters or blacksmiths or anything like that they Mm -hmm. live and die for the battle and they are some of the skittish little kids i've ever seen in this burned out town Uh like like some pots fall over and they're like (laughs) and then like a little kid comes over hill and they're like right they're so skittish and they're supposed to be these hardened warriors but they're so scared in this scene and it's just really funny yes yeah it is they're definitely jumpy, for sure. Yes. Um, and when this so, kid dies, Leonidas looks annoyed because now he has to throw him away. Like, if you look at his face, he's just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, and then he gets introduced to the body trees. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, put him up here. <laughs> he's like, this is trash now. What do, what do I do with this? <laughs> this is useless to me. <laughs> um, so Leonidas can't figure out if a quote-unquote scouting party or immortals are to blame for all this destruction and yeah. neither makes much sense really no and i want to know what the logistics of the corpse tree were it's it's tough because it's backlit so i can't again can't tell if this is a tree made of corpses or if it is in fact a tree covered in corpses i think it's a tree covered in corpses i looked at it for a while it looks like they're staked in with arrows or spears into okay. the tree but my question is, is like, so they have these immortals who can't be killed, but they actually can be killed. We'll see later in the movie. Um, pretty easily. Pretty easily. I don't know why they're called immortals. but by, by the potters, anyway. Yeah, but it's like, did they kill, they burn this town and they're like, all right, let's schlep all these things over this hill. Was there a scout that was like, all right, I found this tree, this tree, and this tree, which is the best tree for <laughs> to attach all our corpses right. to? They want the one with the strongest foundation, really, because yeah. you're putting a bunch of bodies there. Yeah, it's it's kind of a hassle, it yeah. seems like. And how did they get the corpses to the top of the tree? Did they have ladders? They must have, because otherwise they're like disturbing these other corpses. You must start from the top, I guess, and then work yeah, your way they down. Gotta, very weird. I, I want to know the logis- logistics of the corpse tree. Where's the behind yeah. the scenes of the corpse tree? Yeah, why don't you look into the historical relevance? <laughs> uh, dude, so much marching in this movie. Slow motion. 
marching. Heavy, heavy rock guitar riffs. We're almost a half hour in at this point, and it's just it's mostly been marching. It's this movie's a lot of marching and a lot of slow motion battles. Yes. Um, so the Spartans arrive at Hell's Gate. This is where they, they plan to make their stand. Um, has this narrator been talking out loud this entire time? Because this is where the narration kind of it zooms in on on Dilios, who's the character narrating, and he's talking. <laughs> just, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Were you just talking this whole mar- like, how annoying would that be if this guy was just like talking? He must have, yeah. Um so the Persian ships are coming uh what is this, the Caspian Sea? It's I mean it if we're at the hot gates, I mean it's part of the Mediterranean. Um, Mediterranean Ocean. Yeah, but there it's in a um it's in a little um uh like inlet, I believe, is where the hot gates are. Yeah, there's a little um inlet part of the it's the north Euban gulf is where they okay. are so these persian ships are coming and they see them from up high on the cliffs and uh persian ships get taken out by zeus mm-hmm. uh, or as we say today a thunderstorm yeah it's rain <laughs> which um, this this is great because part of what this movie does is make athens look like total chumps um, but in real life, uh, Athens, uh, the battle of Artemisium was going on at the same time. Who that's who destroyed so many ships of the Spartans, not just, or the Persians, oh, not, yeah. just, not just, uh, not they're, they're like, they're like, they love to, you know, have sex with boys. They're useless. They don't do anything. Rain killed them. That's right. Yeah. They just wrote them out of this story. Yeah. Um, so Sparta, we get, we get to go back to Sparta and that's where Circe's all alone. But she meets with an old counselor, and I don't know what his name is. I called him because of his sweet giant goatee. I called him Abe Lincolnos. Abe Lincolnos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So Cersei doesn't trust Theron. She makes it clear because his beard is too short. It sucks. It's it's a shit beard. It's... And, and uh, Cersei also wants to talk to the council. And encourage them to send reinforcements. And the old counselor agrees. But back to the beards. The beards. I feel like this whole movie is about. Ranking people off beard. Boy I'm sure glad that's not how things happen anymore. Because I cannot grow a beard. (laughs) Gerard Butler easily has the best beard. Is that Gerard Butler has such a perfect and giant beard. That it creates a profile. Yes. They show him from the side. And it's. It's a chin. It's like yeah. a, and a protruded chin. And um, yeah. And if you've seen Gerard Butler, he has no chin or very no, small. Chin. This movie um, created a lot of real unrealistic expectations specifically for Gerard Butler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. It caused him to peek off of stuff that he doesn't really have. Like, yeah, exactly. Awesome beard. Um, but yeah, then you look at guys like Theron who are kind of the wimpy guys of Sparta and he still has a beard, but it's much smaller. It sucks. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little junk beard. The old counselor is nicer. He has a yeah. better beard. Yeah, it's it, like a little tiny, it's like a protruded goatee. It's of. a, it's a chunky goatee. It, it goes up to his cheeks. Right. Um, all of the great Spartan battlefield guys have beards. None of the Persians. Except no. a, well, a few of them. Well, like the, 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 the guy that brings the money. Yes, and the messenger, um, no beard. 
the thousand the thousand nations of the Persian Empire, that guy, the messenger that comes up when they first get to the hot gates, oh, that's he right. had a junk beard. He had a shit beard. Yeah. It was patchy and thin. So Wait, I feel like he was the one that had the, like the beads, like the little braided beads. And then the one that had the big fuzzy beard was the one that brought the money. Um, well, he had a fuzzy beard, but it sucks. Yeah. But most of the Persians are clean shaven. Yeah, most of them are. That's right. It, including the most the, the the most hairless of them all, Xerxes. Xerxes um, is Persian for alopecia, I think. Because <laughs> this guy is hairless. Yes. Um, so then we flash to Michael Fassbender and Daxos, who discover the thousands of Persians that made it to shore. And Fassbender is way too stoked to die. Someone should see what's up with him. Fassbender needs a, a safety check. Oh, he, but, but before yeah. this, I, for, I can't believe you skipped over this. They, uh, first of all, everything that happens in Sparta, completely useless to the whole movie. Ah, yes, it's it's one it's it's a scene that could have been wrapped up in like five to ten minutes. Yeah, but they just keep going back to this. But we miss the freedom isn't free. It comes with the highest cost of all the cost of blood. It's a hefty fee. Yeah, it's a hefty fee. I was like freedom costs a buck oh five. It's true. Freedom does yeah. cost five. Yeah, and so they were bribed into not following the efers. The Spartan politics part is weird and useless. But yeah, so now now we're back to Michael Fassbender, who wants somebody. He is itching for somebody to kill him. Yeah, he just itching. wants to go. He's way too. They, I don't think they have psyche valves for the yeah. Spartan army. <laughs> he is like, because he says something along the lines of like, he I've thought fought countless men and dozens of battles, but nobody has been good enough to kill me. And maybe one of these guys can kill me. And it's like, dude, <laughs> he's been waiting his whole life for this. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting my whole life to die. And it's like, dude, calm down. You got problems. Okay. Now we get Persian messenger. Number two, mm-hmm. who is fatter, meaner, and has a whip. And he demands to see the commander and everyone ignores him. Yes. Uh, this is the guy they're... with the junk beard. And I rewatched the scene while you were talking. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't cover his chin at all. It's a junk beard, Joe. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, they are too busy building a wall to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new guy, uh, this new messenger, keeps boasting until he realizes the Spartans are making a wall with bodies in it. Yes. And so he tries to whip Fassbender, and Fassbender jumps and onto the platform and cuts off his arm and sends him packing. Yeah, because Fassbender doesn't want to get whipped. He's like, this whip isn't going to kill me. So I have no time for this. This is no honorable way to die. No. Um, the, the new messenger then gives this line, which everyone has heard too. A thousand nations of the Persian empires will descend upon you. Joe, our say arrows, it right. Say it right. Our arrows will blot out the sun. The thousand nations of the Persian the empire. nations. Yeah, he's, like, bleeding out while he's saying this. Yeah. Because um, his hand's been cut off. And Fassbender says, then we will fight in the shade. Yep, uh, this is apparently real. This is a historic... Fass, does Fassbender know how arrows work? Well, that... Okay, I was going to leave off on this. So we talked about being laconic, okay, last mm. time. You're yeah. short, you're quippy, you yeah. don't talk a lot. Which yeah. doesn't describe 95% of what the Spartans do in this movie. Right. But... 
this was a real Spartan saying where it was like, well, then if we die, well, at least we'll die fighting in the shade because your arrows are going to kill us. This, that was, that is Spartan ethos right there. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking he just thought that they would hover. <laughs> <laughs> like they reached their, their high point and then they just stay there. They just hang out there. You know, if you need a little shade, you fire some arrows in the air, you're set they, for the day. Well, arrows, the what? Arrows are the thing with like the string and the rubber that you like fill up. No, that's a balloon. That's a balloon. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was Fastbender's problem. He doesn't know the difference between a balloon and an arrow. <laughs> I think he has a lot more problems than that. <laughs> um, so then we get Quasimodo. Quasimodo returns. Yeah. And he has emerged uh, from the shadows while Leonidas and his captain are talking. And he just wants to be helpful. I think. Quasimodo is the most misunderstood person in this entire movie. I think Quasimodo is not misunderstood. I think that he is a petulant child. Interesting. We, we, we talk We're going to have to this. debate this. Le- okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, the captain, the huge captain, jerk to him. He calls him a monster and he yeah. wants to kill him um, for just being like, hey, you could go this way and like sneak up behind the Persians if you no, want. It, no, it's saying, hey, the Persians could sneak up behind you. You got to be here. careful. Yeah, you got to be careful right. of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and instead of being like, oh, thanks, guy. Oh, didn't expect that help. They were like, yeah, let's kill this monster. <laughs> the <laughs> captain was. And then um, Leonidas is like, oh, c- calm down. You. He's like, um, go take a lap. <laughs> go take a lap. You, you blow <laughs> off some steam. Yes, I know he looks like a freak, but just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we find out this guy's name is Ephialtes. 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 And his dad was a Spartan warrior, and his mother and father fled with him to save him from Dead Baby Mountain mm-hmm. and trained him to fight. Because, yeah, this guy would have been another Tokes. one of those skulls. Yeah. And it's funny because you see it in the at the beginning. It's he's like really looking over this baby for any imperfections. But the parents gave birth to this baby and was like, oh, God, we got to right. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, we're not going to be able to sneak this guy through. <laughs> yeah, this, this guy is not passing muster at Dead Baby Mountain. This guy barely fits in two hands. Um, so Leonidas likes uh, likes Quasimodo's spear thrust. Mm-hmm. But baby got too much back. Nah, can't handle it. <laughs> uh, also, Leonidas will not let him be a soldier, but will let him be a male nurse. The harshest of Spartan insults. <laughs> yeah. Well, and okay, so the reason he won't let him be a fighter is because he can't do the phalanx, which is the only reason why Sparta worked. Ancient Greek battle tactics worked was the phalanx. Yeah. And we got a lesson in this. So I'm not going to go into it, which is saying, hey, dude, this isn't going to work, but you can still help. Leonidas probably should have sent him to the Arcadians, but he was being reasonable. Like okay. he's like, like he was like, I understand you want to help, but dude, look at you. You can't help. You suck. Okay. He, I'm not even saying he had to like make him a fighter. He could have put him on cliff tops and had him roll boulders onto some of these hordes of dudes. <laughs> he could have done that. But I mean, Leonidas isn't a tactician. His whole plan is to stand in a crevice. Yeah, I get that. Um, which is a tac, uh, tactic, is a tactic, tactic <laughs> of its own. Um, 
But yeah, I just think he could have used him. You know, he's obviously very passionate, would fight to the death, probably wanted to die at that point of his life. Yeah. And, um, which makes him basically like any of his other soldiers, especially. Well, he does. Fighter. He does want to die because he says he's going to make up for his father's and his mother's betrayal. That's right. him saying he's going to fight to the death with the Spartans. Right. But at the same time, here's the thing, too. We saw the phalanx in action. You only need like three, four rows deep. And then yeah. they break formation. So FBLT still could have been part of that, just been in the back. Totally. I mean, there's something they could have had him do. Maybe they could have trained him to, like, I don't know, bow and arrow stuff. Like, I don't – they just could have used him. It just seemed like a poor use of resources to just have him carry bodies, build the body wall, and then, what, leave? You know, go hang out in the back while they go and fight? That doesn't seem useful at all. Yeah, so my takeaway is Leonidas could have reacted better and given him better tasks, but Ephialtes was, like, just flipped out. Okay, so Ephialtes, this is where he swears vengeance, basically. and For um, for not getting the exact answer he wanted. Well, really getting a shitty answer. I would, I would say it was a shit answer. I think Leonidas didn't think this through all the way. Um, especially considering this guy's been, like, creeping up, like, stalking them this whole time. So clearly, this guy knows... He's from Sparta, so he knows kind of like the back pads and stuff. You yeah. don't want to make an enemy out of this guy. There's no use of that. Yeah, and we get a great foreshadowing after, you know, Ephialtes freaks out and throws his sh- sword and, and shield down. Uh, Leonidas goes, wow, pray the gods nobody tells the Persians about the uh, the goat path. It's like, well, <laughs> right. gee, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder who would do that at this point. Real subtle, guys. Maybe it's the guy who said you will be sorry as you walk yeah. down the cliff. The guy um, who said the Persians can kill you if they go this way, and then you will be sorry for not taking my help. I wonder who's going to be the one that betrays them. Yeah, two plus two equals four, guys. Um, so then we get they the don't Persian. Do math. They have slaves to do math, Joe. They only fight. That's for those fags in Athens. <laughs> uh, so Persian armies. Then we get the Persian armies. And they cause earthquakes. Uh, but, but yeah, we find that out. Persian armies cause earthquakes. Yeah, when they march in. Uh, so then Spartans set up in the pass. And a spearman kills uh, Persian messenger number three. Because now we got a third guy. And a battle breaks out as a result. Yeah, but first real quick, before the battle. This is the pep talk that they give. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. Yeah. That's kind of always the plan going into battle. Have you ever been a part of a pep talk? You've been on a sports team. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> this is where we put the ball in the basket. <laughs> yep. This is where we stop them. But this you is gotta the, hit I, them harder than they hit you. Yeah, I mean, oh, I've heard all these. One. Yeah. Um, but this is also Xerxes is giving them another out. This messenger. Uh, He's like, hey, come on cut it out I think something's been lost in translation <laughs> yeah but yeah this is where we get the come and get them he tells them to lay down their weapons that is the second amendment molin labe that's where this comes from oh, come and get them. it's another thing we've adopted from the the worst part of uh, greek culture uh the spartans um but yeah then they get what i call the world's biggest game of red rover they send yeah. the whole Persian RV right over. Right over, and they smash right into them. Uh, remember, they're in between, they're in Hell's Pass or Hell's Gate or whatever. And uh, so they smash into them, 
and the Spartans are able to hold them and then kind of push them back and then spear them and then wait for them to push back and then push them back and repeat just that over and over and over again. They kill hundreds of them. Um, we get some slow-mo fighting after the front line breaks. Leonidas uh, cuts a guy's leg off. Yeah. And, and, uh, and in the background of this fight in particular, there's a lot of funny stuff happening. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot. So there's a point where a Spartan throws a spear and it hits one guy and two guys go jump flying backwards. Oh, like nice. They both got hit by spears. Very and nice. then there is an, another time where um, uh, one guy like pushes a guy with the shield and then uh -huh. he, he hits a guy and that guy dies. It's just a lot of. <laughs> weird like multi-kills going on in the background of this uh, i said I, I said i've never seen so many men killed with a single gut stab <laughs> yeah a lot of single killed gut stabs but this is so all throughout the movie i'm surprised we haven't talked about it yet the the spartan war cry the oh 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 yeah a lot in this movie they keep calling it out but they're all fighting so you hear it in the background they're like oh Aru, like, like they're like, yes, 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 I'm busy. It's really funny where right. they just kind of like distracted Aru's going on. Right, right. Also, um, Spartan Warcry, for no good reason, is the chant at uh, 49ers games when they get a first down. Interesting. The 49ers started this, and I was there the first game that they did it, and everybody was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Aru, Aru. <laughs> yeah, because they they were played like the they played it over the loudspeakers and everybody's like, what the hell is this? And then by the fourth <laughs> or fifth game that season, everybody was doing it. Nice. So that is astroturf. That's gaslighting to think that the 49ers started that. Very interesting. Um, so we get the remaining Persians, and they are knocked off a cliff. Okay, because yeah. they're on a cliff's edge. Push them off the cliff. End of them. And then um, then they, uh, I think it's Leonidas, our captain, says halt when they get to the edge of the cliff. Because, well, there's not really another option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like that he has to tell them, hey, guys, there's no more land left. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't push us off the edge. And then they say, I was going to say, and then they say, that's a hell of a good start. This is the line in the, uh, you said in the trailer where you're like, this is going to be a good action movie. And I was like, all right. Hell of a good start. That's a good action movie line. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so hundreds of arrows are fired at this point because it turns out this is a trap. Just to get yeah. them out in the open. Hundreds of arrows are fired. The Spartans have to duck, shield themselves. Uh, and uh, one of them just got that line about fighting in the shade. Yeah. He's like, you had to say it. And then they start giggling like lunatics. Yeah. Well, no, one of them was like, oh, I get it now. I see it. <laughs> They said you had to say, you had to say it. What? Fight in the shade. And then everybody starts giggling like crazy people. Yeah. Everybody has the fast bender psychosis. The psychosis, yeah, it's spreading. Yeah. Um, so then the horsemen show up, but they get their legs cut off too. Yeah. And this is when I realized that they send wave like every wave is themed. It's like a video game. They're like, here's the yes. level, here's the level one guys. All right, here's the horse guys. Those are the boss of level one. And uh -huh. it's like that where they have like. Then come the rhinos. Then come the elephants. Yeah, it's like a video game. So that's level one. And the horses are the end boss of level one. Yes, yes. By the way, we've had this conversation before in those exact terms. Really? Might have been, yeah, it might have been 15 years ago when we saw this movie. <laughs> All right, then. I think you said it in those exact terms. Um, So. 
Sparta. We go back there. And Cersei's son is playing tag while she looks for the old counselor. Uh, then she meets up with the counselor. The counselor says she will be able to speak to the council in two days' time mm-hmm. and tells Cersei to persuade Theron to support her because he controls the council. And then the counselor leaves. And then Theron pops up and casually threatens the lives of her and her son. Yeah, he does the mobster like nice kid. A shame if something would happen to it. I hope his head doesn't get cut off. <laughs> Oops, I mean, um, I hope nobody runs him through. I mean, um, I hope uh, I hope he's fine. I hope he's fine. And you too. Yeah, but again, another useless scene back in Sparta. All the yes. scenes are pointless in Sparta. All of, yeah, because it's just like the last scene we found out that the counselor was going to agree to talk to the council to get her a meeting. And now this is just him going, yeah, turns out you could get that meeting in two days, but also yeah. talk to Theron maybe. And this uh, is after the, he was like, I can get you this meeting, but maybe Theron doesn't want you to have it. And then he pops up is like, yes, I do not want you to have it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Leonidas, we get to go back to him. And Leonidas is meeting with Xerxes for the first time and his human stares. Uh, he has human beings that make up his stares. Yeah. And um, this is before this, though. This is where we get the first like I'm like, OK, this is proto um, like Star Lord and all Chris Pratt's roles because uh-huh. he talks about. He goes when he Leonidas goes to meet with Xerxes. He says, well, if they assassinate me, we get to go to war. He says, pray they're that stupid. Pray that we're that lucky. Besides, and then he takes a big bite of an apple and he goes, there's no reason we can't be civil, is there? And then he stabs the guy. Well, this is while he's eating with a, yeah, and he's he's got a mouthful of apple. I'm like, this is like a Chris Pratt thing going on right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he tosses the apple to, I think, to Fassbender, and then he just starts eating the apple. (laughs) Yeah, it's really weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Fassbender's like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." he wants to get all of his saliva. Um, So, yes, so Xerxes then says that he'd gladly kill any of his men for a victory and then makes fun of Spartan logic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, by the way, he says that in front of a bunch of maybe none of his soldiers are in earshot. So already he's smarter than um, uh, the Spartans are. But um, he does say this in front of his his uh, slaves. Yes. His, like, well, stare. I mean, he uses them as stairs. So I don't I don't think they they think that they're in for a good life. OK, yeah. <laughs> but still hearing that's got to sting a little bit. He's like, I've been a pretty good stare these past 15 years. Yeah. I'd earned some goodwill. I, I got this watch for my 10 year anniversary as a stare. You know, I have good <laughs> dental. You have two weeks vacation every year. It's not a bad gig to be a stare. But I'm starting to rethink this. If you're just going to kill me, you, you, yeah. you just have me killed that easily. You don't even care. Yeah. But we got to stop and st- talk about Xerxes because this is where he first shows up. Yeah. Dude is like nine feet it. tall. Nine feet tall. Yes. Shops in the Mr. T collection. <laughs> OK, yeah. Yeah. And he his gets all his, is, his, has like a uh, um one of those stamp cards at Claire's because he just keeps getting pierced. He just keeps getting them. Yeah. And he has mannerisms of like at first he seemed like uh if if he took some down like Jeff Goldblum on downers, like he's not as frenetic, <laughs> but he has some of the mannerisms of, of, a, of a Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Yeah. And his voice sounds like he's um trying to hide his identity in like a special news report. 
Yeah, he has that that yeah that voice scrambler like garbled. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Leonidas insults Xerxes' army and says Spartan women could beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Leonidas, well, Xerxes gives Leonidas a back rub, and then whispers whispers sweet negotiations in his ear. Uh, then Leonidas refuses, and Xerxes loses it. And threatens to destroy all of Spartan history, maiming all Spartan scholars and making any mention of Sparta or Leonidas a capital offense. And Leonidas still refuses. Yeah, and this is where Leonidas says, you're as generous as you are divine. But the idea of kneeling, slaughtering all those men left a nasty cramp in my leg. So kneeling will be hard for me. Again. Yeah. Chris Pratt line. Remake this movie in 2020. That's Chris Pratt. There you go. Yeah. Actually, I think about it. Leonidas, Chris Pratt probably would be Leonidas if they made this now. Probably. He's big enough. He's yeah. So there's that. And and uh, yeah, that's that's part of what Spartans aren't. You don't say stuff like that. So it's really bothersome that this is where that all started. But anyways, yes, he's gonna be making talking about Spartan punishable by death. Correct. Um, but Leonidas still says no way. Uh, so then Fassbender. And the captain's son, and we don't get that guy's name, um, but it's the son. Uh, they yuck it up at the body wall. Mm-hmm. Fastbender says, you fought well today for a woman. Hey. And the son says, as did you. Maybe if I was injured, you'd be able to keep up with me. Chops, and, busting chops, ancient Greek style. And then Fastbender says, perhaps I was so far ahead that you weren't able to see me foreshadowing Uh Uh, son then says more like offering your backside to the thespians and then fastbender says jealousy does not become you my friend got him which while they're saying all this they're just building another body wall so they kill some guys make a body wall i don't know rest uh come up with ideas they just keep building body walls yes yeah well it's their main it's their main tool in this battle his body walls and infinite spears. They keep throwing spears, losing spears, breaking spears. They have so many spears. Good thing they have a few of those blacksmiths. Maybe now's a good time to give them credit. Yeah, he shows like uh Leonidas shows up to Daxos and Daxos is like, Did you break a spear again? It's like, Yeah. It's like, Bet you bet you're glad you have blacksmiths now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so then the immortals arrive. We get introduced to them. And they're the guys in the tragedy masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've served Persian kings for 500 years. And they hide their filed down fangs behind those sweet masks. Um, they also have reptile hands and a Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah, they're they're really weird looking. This is where I started to be like, maybe this movie doesn't have historical accuracy. With the Frankenstein? <laughs> yeah, with the Frankensteins. yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder if I should look up if, if uh, Persia actually had Frankensteins. <laughs> well, they do in this movie. Uh, so the Spartans push the body wall onto the leader of the uh, immortals. Yeah, I was going to say. One of the immortal troops. All day building this wall. It's 10, 12, 15 feet high. They take out one Persian with it. Well, you know what they were doing behind? They were They were playing Jenga. Oh, okay. And so they pulled out a. Uh, they pulled. They weren't trying to knock and, the wall over, but they pulled out the wrong Persian. In the yeah, and, and yeah, and clumsy Fastbender pulled out the wrong <laughs> well, one. The whole thing fell. Fastbender was trying to get it to fall onto him. 
because he's like, come on. Come on. <laughs> this is the way to go. Technically, a Persian killed me if this happens. What is more badass than dying under a wall of bodies? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So they're playing some Jenga. Um, the immortal. Oh, wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Yeah, so they push this body wall onto the leaders, and then they fight the rest. They hop over. Uh, immortals, more like mortals, am I right? Hey, yeah, we get hyped up these immortals. They said there was 20 of them, took out this whole town, and they are not harder to kill than the first round, the first level of bad guys. Yeah, like I said before, and it's a little further in my notes, but, like, they release the, um, what are, what are the potters, oh, the blacksmiths? Oh, those the- guys, yeah. Yeah, and then they just start killing the immortals. Yeah. Easily. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They, yeah, they have the Arcadians like come out and flank them, and even those guys who we've esta- well established that they suck. They're not on the same level as Spartans. They right. just slaughter the best fighters that the Persians the, have. The best that the Persians have to offer. Yeah. Um, so, but they the immortals do kill some Spartans though. It's really weird. Like right away, it's the first time you start seeing Spartans drop because yeah. these immortals are killing them. Um. But then the Frankenstein is released, and he immediately body slams one of his own guys. <laughs> yeah, really backfired right away for the Immortals. <laughs> Maybe we should have trained him better. Um, so then the Immortals also have lizard faces, is where we find that out. Uh, the Frankenstein throws one hell of an axe, and the narrator saves Leonidas. Uh-huh. Uh, and the Frankenstein also swings one hell of a broadsword. And uh, this and this is where he gets the it's the Frankenstein that gets the um, sword in the bicep, right? It, yeah, Leonidas stabs Frankenstein in his bicep, but he's immune to pain or basic synaptic synaptic responses, so he pulls the sword out of his bicep, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's why I think he's a Frankenstein because if a normal person, even like a really strong person, tall person, if they get stabbed in the bicep. They would have to drop what was ever in that hand. Like their hand would just react and open. Yes. But in this case. Are you saying you don't think this movie's realistic? Well, I just I think he's a Frankenstein. I think this. Oh, okay. Um, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> Frankenstein pins Leonidas, drools all over him. Leonidas stabs him in the eye and then cuts off his head. Yeah, he stabs him in the eye with the broken spear end, which is a weird accidental foreshadowing to the Greek Assassin's Creed game, where that is one of your weapons. I'll be damned. Literally, that is one of your weapons. It's Leonidas' spear. Oh, interesting. I didn't yeah, know the broken spearhead, yeah. And you carry it around as a spearhead. It's like your big power, it's your powerful weapon, yeah, just the spearhead. Nice. So uh, Leonidas then summons the Arcadians to fight the best warriors the Persians have to offer, which is a weird time to utilize them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's like, all right, guys, distract him. Yeah, go after these uh, these awesome fighters. Um, but they do okay. They hold their own. The narrator says they shout. But the narrator doesn't give him any credit. He says they shout and curse, stabbing wildly, more brawlers than warriors. They make a wondrous mess of things. Brave amateurs. They do their part. Uh, Leonidas and the Spartans are just chilling at this point. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're just kicking back. They're like, you wanted to fight Arcadians? Go for it. See, yeah. see how well that works out for you. And it works out okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're like, oh, Daxos is like, hey, I can do this. Um, 
But yeah, so then um, when things are going well, the Spartans are like, we're not going to be, you know, uh, what do you, what would you say that um, up? We're not going to be showed up here. Yeah. We're going to go in and, and show them who the real warriors are. So they start fighting again. Uh, Xerxes isn't happy. He's uh, feels a very human chill run up his spine, as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, next scene, beach bonfire party. BYOB. Bring your own bod, bro. <laughs> BYOB. <laughs> um, so the Spartans... Oh, this is where we get the Spartans on the next day sashaying into battle. That classic. Yeah. That, yeah. That, it's uh, it's that, that shot. That um, amazing shot. And <laughs> sweet rock <laughs> guitar. That classic ancient Greek thing. The rock <laughs> That's guitar. right. All Spartans were into heavy metal. Dude, they uh, loved Dio. They loved Dio. Um, so there was more war after that. Mm-hmm. And we the get barbarian some, level. Yeah, we get the well, this is where we get the ashy soldiers, mm-hmm. <laughs> the the ones covered in ash, and then a rhino. Yeah, the one rhino they brought. Um, of all the grotesque things they've seen so far, it's the rhino that really makes their stomach turn. Like the way they talk about the narrators, like yeah. they bring forth their most horrifying grotesque creatures. It's just a rhino. <laughs> it's just a rhino that they whipped into a frenzy. Like that's it. That's all it is. They've seen lizard face guys with lizard. Yeah, hands. they fought a Frankenstein, a Frankenstein and lizard guys. <laughs> yeah, and they're They've like seen a Quasimodo. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah, they have Quasimodo on their side, and the rhino is just like okay. So if they've never seen a rhino before, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure the Greeks uh, maybe they knew about hippos. It would just be like oh, this is just a weird hippo. But they're Maybe. yeah they're they're talking about it that it's like this like an insane grotesque creature. Yeah, Jeff, they have the e force back home. <laughs> yeah, it's part of their society. Interesting. It, it is an interesting time to be like, oh god, sick a rhino. Oh. Um. So then the son, right, the captain's son, kills the rhino with one spear throw. Um. And yeah, again, they should have brought more rhinos because that's the end of the rhinos. Um. The Persians then turn to magic, or as yes. we call it today, fireworks. Fireworks. Yeah. So the magicians show up. They beat the barbarian level. They beat the the end boss of that, the rhino. And then it's just sparks and explosions. Yeah. It's just And they fireworks. have to kind of like dodge and weave these these fireworks with their shields. And then Fassbender jumps over, and uh, the the quote unquote magicians, I called them curtain faces. Because yes. they have the, the curtain faces. That um, that feels... It um, feels racist, but it's it not. It feels racist, yes, but they it's did have... It's not. I thought about this for a long time. It's perfectly acceptable to say curtain faces. Because they had curtain faces. Because they but have curtain faces. What's funny is this is, a, this is an example of how much Sparta sucked. Like, it's just like fireworks. And they're like, they're magic. Yeah. How could you possibly <laughs> figure this people? out? Yeah, they, Why were these people? Yeah. They've oh. never seen an explosion before. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, scary. Very scary. Um, but anyway, Fassbender takes out one of the curtain faces, one of the bombs, uh, the sparkle bombs rolls over um, and lights up all the other sparkle bombs and then kills all of the magicians. In a big sparkle. And then they this line here, we sent the severed bodies and fragile hearts back to Xerxes' feet. 
sounds cool, but severed bodies and fragile, like, like torso parts, I guess is what he's saying. Yeah. But how did they send them back? Did they have a, 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 like, did they have Daxos and his boys just like, Hey, we got a package for Xerxes. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they know that they're not going to kill messengers. They can just send over messengers with body parts. I guess so. But it seems very like, it's one of those lines that sounds really cool, but you think about it for a split second. You're like, wait, how did that work? Yeah. How did that work? Why are they sending severed bodies? Why not just heads? Good point. Um, do they not have any more walls to build? Right. They just have too many walls. They got tired. Yeah. They're like, fuck this. <laughs> we have enough of these body walls. We just need to get rid of these. Um, so Xerxes is super emo about all this. And he disciplines his generals, as mm-hmm. they say. And disciplines means he has sword hands cut their heads off. <laughs> sword arms. This guy has swords from the elbow with little claws. Little yeah. hooks on the end, little claws. Yeah, they're they're yes, they're clawed swords. Yeah. Um, barbed swords. And then uh sword hands is he's a fat guy. And he's he's like a fat mutant guy. He's not human looking. Um, but he has sword hands. Uh I really wish they had more sword hands. He's a weird he's an interesting character. Yeah, I feel like they could have better used sword hands for something, but he's just like a one off guy just to cut off this general's head. Just to cut off the general's head. And Jeff, the general's severed head, has that just stubbed his toe expression. <laughs> I don't know he's, if you noticed that. It's he's like, very annoyed and frustrated by no, getting his head lopped off. Yeah, that, it's it's that like, <laughs> it, it's like I should I should have known that that table leg was there, was the look that his face yes. has. Where he's like <laughs> mad at himself for stubbing his toe. Can you imagine that being the, the last look you put on your face, like before you get your head cut off, like, I'm sure that's a lot of people's last look, though. They're just like, yeah. Um, So again, the narrator thinks all African animals are monsters (laughs) because the elephants show up. Yeah, he sends more of his his grotesque beasts. (laughs) They're just giant elephants. Just an African elephant. Um, And I said, silly elephants, you can't fly. This isn't a Disney movie. Hey, you're not Dumbo. Yeah, because they they basically like spook the elephants into falling off the cliff. Like they have these giant 500 foot elephants. They're like, how can we? Uh, they can't actually beat these. Just have them fall off the cliff. Yeah, they're like, right. They're humongous. Yeah. Um, they're like, whoopsie daisy. They just fell off the side. Um, then the captain's son is a badass. We get a scene of him, and he cuts off a ton of limbs. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a real limb harvester right here. Uh, and then he he does some more bromancing with Fastbender. He says, "You still you still here?" Fastbender said, "Somebody's got to watch your back." Sun says, "Not now. I'm a little busy." Were Fastbender and the Sun, uh, who's Astinos, by the way, they say, they finally they say his yeah. name. Were they were they were they getting it on? I think they were getting it on. I said, "Hey, Maverick and Iceman, get a room." <laughs> <laughs> so, going by Maverick and Iceman logic, if they weren't getting it on, they really wish they were. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's under the surface. Yeah. Uh, so Captain, the captain then gives his son an approving nod, um, but doesn't warn him about the slowest horseman in Persia coming up behind him. Yeah. The slowest horseman in Persia who just disappears. Yeah. Right. No one gets him. <laughs> no one even gets a blow on him. Uh, I said, uh oh, his head fell off. <laughs> yes. Right after we get a lot of like Astinos, you're the best son ever. I I I wish you were the only son I ever had. Whoop. 
He Uh-oh. loses about this is about a foot. Yeah, height. foot foot off the top. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to soften up that scene, that's a fun thing to say in your head when it happens. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. So then the captain goes blood drunk and he kills a lot of guys. Um. He is not handling this well. <laughs> no, he's almost as mad as like if he saw his own boobs for the first time. Almost. It's <laughs> right under that level of anger. Um, I said, okay, this is where I said, wait, how much weed have I smoked? Is that a goat man playing a mandolin? <laughs> Dude, hard cut to just like this, like Baphomet goat man. And I had to watch it a couple times. It's not a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a goat man. It's, it's not just, like a, 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 a thing that they made. It's a goat man. No, it's a goat. They like trained to stand up <laughs> And play a mandolin. It is more goat than man, but it plays the mandolin like a man. Yeah, it's weird. It's I, real weird. I took a serious stop. I was like, dude, I know I'm sober. So what what's going on here? What is going on here? Um But yeah, so then they Persia have, Well, Joe, they also in this tent, they have equally freaky things like well, I said this. <laughs> Persia seems kind of cool in a Guillermo Toro, del Toro kind of way. There you go. Um, there are some things. Uh, here's a list of them. Armless androgynous guy. Yeah, I had to go back a couple times because I thought that was. I was it looked like the face looked like a woman. The, the face and this is, is a woman. The body is a man. Yes. Um, and dude, don't walk like anything because he. He, he doesn't have legs. Uh, so acid. Oh, we get an acid scarred lesbian. Oh, and uh, also lots of nipple clamps. Mm-hmm. Super flexible women. And everyone's really into Quasimodo. Yeah, everybody loves everybody loves Effialti showing up. So Quasimodo and, says. And he uh, gets horned out immediately. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> No one's ever touched him probably his whole life. I guess that's true. Mom. Like this is, I was thinking about it. Here's where we go back into the, uh, the Quasimodo debate, because how can you blame this guy when he walks into this and Xerxes says, you can have all of this all the time for the rest of your life. And you'll be treated like not only normal, but as like a, a king, like, like his royalty. Um, well, I don't blame him for if he thinks that Spart the Spartans like were mean to him and 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 cast him aside and said that he wasn't a Spartan. I don't blame him for going to Xerxes after that, but I do blame him for having that reaction in the first place. Well, what would his life be back in Sparta? Let's think about this. <laughs> uh, well, they're they're gonna check and see if there's um if there's a an end date on throwing people off of That's baby baby mountain say. dead baby mountain. That's what I was gonna say. They're like gonna look through, dig through the laws, and be like, "Hey, can we still do this? Can we Is still this toss like this guy off the cliff?" An acceptable solution thirty years in the future. Well, the the best part about that is he would just fall and just like have like a broken leg and be like, "Guys, <laughs> a little help." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, they're gonna have to um, do like a eight hundred week or eight hundred month abortion. Or yeah. Something. Um, but yeah, so that's probably not 800. It's probably close no. to 300. Whatever. I'm not good at math right now. I, I'm trying to say this line. We have, we have slaves to do math for us. Like the, like Damn the straight. Teddy, get to work. Uh, so Quasimodo then says, yes, 
Yes. Wait, he said, yes. yes. I want it all. Wealth, women, and one more thing. I want a uniform. A uniform. <laughs> Xerxes says, done. <laughs> Xerxes is like, wait, that was that was your sticking point? Is it, huh? <laughs> okay. You don't, you don't want benefits or anything? All right, cool. Um, old, uh, he said, old tumor back bends the knee. Yes, um, sir. Then we go back to Sparta. And Circe meets with Theron for drinks. Uh, actually, just water. Budget's kind of tight in Sparta, <laughs> Sparta these days. Um, Circe wants to speak to the council with his support. Theron threatens to arrest Leonidas when he returns for breaking the law. Um, and we find out that the Spartan code is all men are not created equal. Oh. Theron flinches. Before he slapped, he so so Cersei gears. Did you notice this? Yeah. Gears back to slap him. He preps himself. He's like he's like. Um, I think I think that's to show that he's not a, a a strong boy like the rest of the Spartans. Yes. Yeah. Um. But then Theron pins Cersei to a wall with a stranglehold. Um. Theron offers to send the army north if Cersei agrees to a little rape. Mm, yeah. Just a just some mild. Just a little rape. Just a little bit of rape. Uh, Theron says, this will not be over quickly. You will not enjoy this. I am not your king. Yeah. Here's, um, uh, which comes back later. Yes. Real quick time out here. I don't know what, Ther- what what Theron's end goal is here with this. Because he wants Leonidas's power. Mm-hmm. But he's a king. It's hereditary. Well, so I think I think it's at least the impression I got is that he's like leading this council and he is in fact stronger than Leonidas uh, yeah. beforehand. Cause otherwise Leonidas would have said, all right, we're bringing the army and we're going to go protect our lands. But because the council is against it and Theron runs the council, um, all right, they're already fair. in a position where he's more powerful than the king. That's fair. And um, you, you went with the, I'll help with just a little rape angle. This was, I had, this will not be over quickly. You will not enjoy it. Th- oh, oh, man, geez, I'm sorry. This, this <laughs> never happens. <laughs> this never happens. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Um, so then the Spartans, we get them again, and they're healing their wounds around a campfire. Narrator is now missing an eye. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, his tongue works just fine. Oh, yeah. Daxo. What that, that tongue do, Dilios? <laughs> what that tongue do? Uh, Daxios then brings news, urgent news, of Quasimodo's betrayal. Um, he snuck the forces in behind them. Who could have seen that coming? Yeah, uh, this was this reminded me of uh, the game over speech in Aliens. Yeah, a little bit. It's like game over, man. We gotta go. A little Bill Paxton in there. Yeah, a little Bill Paxton. Um, and but also he says, yeah, he him and his men are bailing. They're done because yeah. apparently the only options are to surrender, retreat or die. Leonidas says, well, that's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've been watching this movie, but we say we don't do the first two about 500 times in it. So I guess that leaves death. <laughs> yep. um, the captain looks like he needs a vacation. <laughs> he's he's not having a good time. Uh, the narrator's name is Dilios. This is where we find this out. Yep. Um, and then Leonidas tells him to return to Sparta and tell everyone that they won. <laughs> yeah. 
tell tell uh, them the story. Uh, don't tell them what happens after you leave, please. Yeah, leave out the part where we we get our asses handed to us. Uh, Leonidas gives the shark tooth. This is a very important part. He mm. gives the shark tooth necklace back to uh, Dilios to give back to Cersei. Um, uh, his bros were making fun of him because he doesn't even know how to surf, brah. Brah, yeah. They called him a chump and a uh, a poser. Poser, <laughs> yeah. Um, hundreds leave. A handful stay. Only one-eyed guy looks back. Yeah, and this is where um the captain says he has two regrets. Oh, no, this is where the captain's like, I have two regrets, that I only have two lives to give for my country, me and my dead son. And then he's like, I never told him, but he was my favorite. I don't know, dude. You said you had a bunch of them. Why don't you take one of the kids you don't like next time? Yeah, take like, I don't know, third, fourth in line yeah. or something like that. Um, yeah, poor decision there. Uh, so this is where we get the line. Tonight we dine in Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen that meme. Do you want um, do you want to do you want to hear something funny? So this story of Dil- him sending off Dilios mm-hmm. is based on a real story. So there is a Aristom Aristimus, I'll call him Aris Aris. Call him Aris. Aris Ari <laughs> and a guy named Eridus, okay? Okay. They both got eye infections. Uh or er- er- Ari got it in one eye so he could still see. Eridus got it in both eyes. Okay, so they were sent off to go back to tell what happened to Sparta. They listened to King Leonidas, uh-huh. except Eritus, er- er- the second guy, the guy who was blind, just blindly ran back into battle and was killed. <laughs> so he was regarded as a hero. And when Ari, when Ari got back to Sparta, he was considered a coward because he did what the king told him to do. Oh, my God. I bet that other guy didn't even know what the fuck he was doing. He's like, <laughs> all right, headed back to Sparta. <laughs> Let me take my shield, my sword. I'll get out of your hair. And he just gets killed. But it's so funny. Yeah, the Dilios guy, the Dilios character was considered a chump and a loser because he did what uh, Leonidas told him to. Right. Of course. What a pussy. Yes. Uh, so Cersei... We get back, back to, to Spartan politics. Back to Spartan politics, which makes up like way too much of this movie. Cersei gets to address the council finally, and she wants them to send the army and sets herself up for a little slow clap. And Ugh. Theron obliges, then accuses her husband of endangering Sparta and also calls her a gross whore for wanting to bang him. He is totally <laughs> uncool about this. Like, he is totally uncool about them hooking up. But Joe, yeah. you, you sure well, he's like, wait, wait, he's like, he's like, yeah, you're super gross because you wanted to have sex with me. Ew. And the whole council's like, ew. Oh, gross. But you undersold how awful this speech is that Cersei gives. Okay. Send, list, listen to this. Send the army for the preservation of liberty. Send it for justice. Send it for law and order. Send it for a reason. But most importantly, send our army for hope. <laughs> okay. What a terrible speech. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I would have um, given you more benefit of the doubt if any of this mattered. 
Yeah, right. Like if any of this made any difference. Um, oh, but also, so then Theron has accused her of being a whore for wanting to bang him, but also for banging the old counselor guy. Yeah, uh, which is was out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's liking this guy too. Lincoln <laughs> was like, you think she's a sick pervert? This this dude. Yeah, yeah, and that um, guy was was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> what the fuck? I haven't had sex in like 20 years. Um, so yeah, uh, he has her arrested, Theron, uh, but she steals the sword and stabs him in the gut mm-hmm. and repeats the line, this will not be over quickly. You will not enjoy this. I am not your queen. Um, Theron. And, and this is where all the women who, all the girlfriends who were brought along to this movie got to clap and cheer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You tell show- him. That'll show you to rape her. That's right. Um, so then Theron apparently keeps his Persian gold in his tummy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like she gutted him and money came out. It was so weird. Yeah, it's a weird, definitely weird scene. Um, all the senators then yell, traitor, traitor, get him out of here. That dead body. Um, Quasimodo. As traitor is echoing, it cuts to Quasimodo. So there was some good... Yes. That came out of this crossover. And at that point, I was like, all right, I guess some of the Spartan politics was worth it for the traitor echo that echoes into Ephialtes. Definitely. Um, but this leaks into the best, my, maybe my favorite part of this whole movie. Quasimodo is on a battlefield, um, or he's, he's, like, he's like leading the immortals in yeah. his new uniform, which is a <laughs> wizard cap. Yes. <laughs> His whole uniform is he got a sweet wizard cap. It's got a little moon and stars on it. And it's handmade. You can tell somebody put some effort into it. I, I hope he's like, I want a uniform. And then they cut away and he's like, but I, I have some designs here. <laughs> like brings out a portfolio. He's like, I really like this wizard hat. Um, can you make that for me, please? They don't explain. <laughs> they don't even talk about it. <laughs> just so it's just there and i love it i will you know what i will watch this movie anytime anyone brings it up just waiting for this scene because it is that, yeah fun. the wizard hat is pretty good and actually you know what joe this is probably my my favorite scene um this this whole uh this whole uh, scene leonidas and xerxes scene i like this a lot okay first we get persian messenger number four mm-hmm. and he tells leonidas that xerxes is still really into him yeah wants to pardon him um wants to give him what he wants quasimodo shows off his sweet wizard cap to leonidas and says he can probably get leonidas one if he agrees to play ball yeah he's like you see this sweet hat dude i can get him there's more yeah there's more there's more of these Um, and this is by the way just another out that xerxes gives leonidas he's basically like everything will stay the same dude he's giving you have to say i'm yeah, I'm saying he's giving ground back. Like, he's yeah. actually taking a step back. He's like, all right, because here's the deal. Messenger gives this pretty sweet deal. Spartans get to, one, keep their land. Okay, that's a big one. Yes. Uh, two, a bunch of money and resources, like extra money and resources. Yeah. Uh, so they'd instantly be more powerful than Athens. Um, three, Leonidas will be the warlord of Greece, essentially. Of all of Greece. Of all of Greece. And Great. he's like... And this is like, he's just like, all right, fine, whatever. Just, just, just go away. Like, yeah. 
You yeah. can be a far flung edge of the Persian Empire. It won't matter. He's Everything's gonna, gonna stay the same. It's the deal that fucking um Ned Stark wanted. Yeah. Warden of the North. War, yeah, that's what he wants. Yeah, he could be the the ward of Greece. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pretty reasonable. Um. All he has to do is kneel. That's all he has to do. Bend the knee. Bend the knee. Uh, Leonidas removes his helmet and tosses his shield. And then he gives Quasimodo the ultimate Spartan Spartan insult. Mm-hmm. May you live forever. Yeah, but we we got to give the the narrator's lines here because this is why I like this scene because he's it seems like he's mulling over the deal and he says his helmet is stifling and then you see him take it off. His shield is heavy and then he you see him drop the shield and then that that that's when he says you there Ephialtes may you live forever and then. He bends the knee. Yeah, he drops the shield and he kneels. He thinks about his babe wearing that sweet ass shark tooth necklace. Ooh, hot mama. <laughs> um, he has fast bender, then break formation and jump onto his back and jump stab the messenger with a spear. Yeah, which is which really is fast bender's go to move is the jump stab or the ju- jump slice. Yes, he's 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 a jumper. Um, Xerxes then orders his men to fire. Leonidas throws a spear from super far mm-hmm. and removes Xerxes' cheek piercings. No charge. Yeah, free. <laughs> and this is where we get the payoff for those lines where it says, his helmet is stifling. It narrowed his vision and he must see far. His shield is heavy. It threw him off his balance and his target is far away. And I was like... Whole movie is worth it just for that. I love that like repetition of lines thing. But yeah. here's the thing. He missed. He did miss. He missed. Um, but he sure owned Xerxes. He fucking owned his cheek piercings. That's for yeah. sure. By the way, we didn't mention this before. Xerxes has cheek piercings. Yeah. He has weird. piercings in his cheek, like four of them. Yeah. It's weird. And, and then a few up here on the upper cheek and like the nose. It's and like, like chains that a connect. A chain them. from the ear to the nose. Yeah. Um. Anyway, those those go by by because the spear hits them. Uh, Xerxes. Bu- 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 no, everyone dies. Okay. Yeah. All the Spartans die. But Xerxes was owned, and that's all that matters. Xerxes was n- no longer a god. Yeah. Uh, so captain. Oh, the captain gets stabbed by three guys then leans into the spears and kills all three of them. Yeah, he does the spear pool thing. That, he pulls uh, we, toward him. Yeah. yeah. That I, that was Lord of the Rings had that with the orc. Yes. I was, I was going to say this this was the thing, because you see it a lot now, but no, that was in Lord of the Rings. Um. Also, one of the Spartans that's lying in the pile has no arrows in him is totally <laughs> faking it. <laughs> <laughs> go back and watch it's like the guy in the center of the screen he has nothing he's, in him he's just like i'm dead too guys he's like hey can we work out like a deal yeah. or something <laughs> could i be the warlord of greece um yeah teacher's pet fastbender asks if there's extra credit says it was an honor learning from him this semester <laughs> can he please write me a letter of rec- leonidas can you please write me a letter of recommendation Right. <laughs> um, Which, Leonidas... by the way, what's, what's funny is they totally take all the power out of all the, like, Spartans are, are 
great warriors and they die nobly because when they cut to them dying they're all just like it hurts it hurts i've never been stabbed like this before (laughs) movie they're like talking them up as these great fighting force that they don't show fear or anything and then they're dying they're like i need my mommy right and shitting themselves yeah which again who is the good guy who are the good guys in this movie because the, the the spartans are eugenicist royalist cowards who died cowards that's strong <laughs> well they they're cowards because they aren't true to who they are they put on this brave face of being these soldiers but they all die like the same as the rest of us well a few of them are clearly homosexual <laughs> they, oh, they aren't i don't know if that's bad. a bad trait no they're 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 uh, when you say not true to who they are oh i see they're clearly not addressing that <laughs> yeah that's true i was gonna say that's not a bad trait joe i was like joe well, but they're they're projecting onto the athenians they're like you know yeah. those are the gay guys not us not us yeah they're they don't live their they, they don't live their truth they're yes. cowards they're cowards they're, they're eugenicist royalist slaver cowards and they're the good guys they're the good guys uh leonidas thinks his wife is there and he was not shot in the head, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, his head's fine. Um. Then he gets swarmed with arrows. But he's happy about it because he got he, the death he wanted. He gets to die in the shade. That's right. Uh, narrator gives Cersei that shark tooth necklace back. Says Lee Dog's head is just in a really weird place right now. <laughs> You know, he's not really looking for a commitment at this point. You know, it's uh, it sucks, man. You guys will work it out, though. You guys are both really rad people. Yeah. Hey, uh, Cersei, what are you doing later? (laughs) Yeah. What do you want? You want to go to Freebirds? I was going to say we could go down to Woodstocks, get a picture, really talk this out. (laughs) Woodstocks. Yeah. Uh, Cersei gives the shark tooth necklace to her son who also doesn't even know how to surf. <laughs> Nobody in this movie can surf. They're all posers. <laughs> They're all posers. Uh, the narrator gives his speech to the council, tells them to remember Leonidas and tell his tale. We mm-hmm. see a shot of Leonidas, who took no arrows to the face somehow. Because you can't mess up the moneymaker. Can't mess up the moneymaker. Um, there's also very little pooled blood, considering the hundreds of arrow wounds. Like it's a pretty bloodless death scene. I mean, it's it's it for this to be accurate, it'd have to look like the Kill Bill and the Crazy 88s fight, just blood everywhere. Yeah, well, why not? <laughs> just at least have some pooled blood. It's like That's somebody true. just kind of like tossed a little fake blood over him. Like, yeah, right. So some intern just like did one toss and went home. Um. So yeah, this speech is one year later. We find out. Sparta Mm -hmm. is still fighting Xerxes. Did it really take Xerxes that long to show up? (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Or have they pushed him back? They pushed him back. So the sequel to this talks about what happens between after Thermopylae and before this one, which is Plataea. I looked into it, the the sequel. So so there's a lot of stuff that happens. There's the Battle of uh, Artisium. There's the Battle of Salamis. There's, There's some stuff that happens. Battle of Salamis, yep. Battle of Salamis. Uh, there's now 10,000 Spartans and 30,000 free Greeks, and they're still outnumbered three to one. Mm-hmm. You do the math. 
120,000 Persians. That's what that would be. But they were uh, supposed to have a million before, so they brought less Persians this time. Yes. Uh, one final run into battle, and then we get a comic book end credits, and that's the end of our movie. Well, Joe, first of all, he said the name of the movie at the Did end. Did he say 300? He said 300. Joe, he right. said the name of the movie. But you missed his closing line. Here, let me let me read the closing line to you. Okay. And that's when Leonidas and his 300 men stopped being little girls and became little <laughs> women. <laughs> nice. Yep. <laughs> uh, so well, 300. We liked three, it. I liked it. I, I had a lot of fun. I like talking about it just now. There's a lot to talk about. Um. And it's it's stylistically it's it's well done. Um, dialogue is whatever. Uh, it's not about the dialogue. It's about like the crazy weird shit that Zack Snyder crept in there. Yeah. And Frank and, Miller crept in there. Yeah, and we didn't need all the Spartan um, pol- political stuff. But thinking about it now, if it was just two hours of them at Thermopylae, that would have been too much. Of, just like of, w- nothing to break up wave after wave after wave of just... hordes of these monster Persians. Yeah, because it was just that. Let's be clear here. The Thermopylae scene was just two scenes over and over. It right. was like it was like Leonidas, Leonidas, be our friend. No. OK, here's a horde. Leonidas, right. be our friend. No. OK, here's a horde. Right. And then occasionally there was a monster. Yeah, they needed something to break it up for sure. You know what they could have done? That probably would have been better than that whole Sparta thing, or at least maybe even just added it in, is if they had the sun out on um, Bulgogi. Out, out getting pierogies? <laughs> yeah, out at a Korean barbecue place getting Bulgogi. No, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, like if he was out like killing a wolf or like doing stuff in nature while this was going on, it would have split it up a little bit. You'd been like, okay, it's kind of a passing of the torch thing. His dad's going to die. Yeah, that could be it. That would have been worked much better. I think, um, as a thing, instead of, uh, the, the mute child who doesn't have any lines and just kind of stands next to Cersei and looks, looks worried. Yeah. Or confused. He could be autistic. Oh, maybe. They do have uh, very delicate depictions of uh, of uh, birth defects in this movie. So well, they they know the physical stuff. Those kids never make it past Dead Baby Mountain. But the mm-hmm. ones with maybe mental or chemical imbalances, uh, they could probably make it pretty far. Obviously, Fastbender made it into his thirties. <laughs> yeah, Fastbender has the most problems out of anybody in this movie. Easily. Yeah. So, Joe, this movie does have a sequel. Uh, I mentioned it. it. It's 300, 300 Rise of an Empire, and it talks about what happened after the Battle of Thermopylae. Um, but that won't be our movie for next week, Joe. Rats, what are we doing? Next week's movie is a 2019 New Zealand action comedy written and directed by Jason Lee Howden. It's called Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, Samara Weaving, and Reese Darby are the top three listed on IMDb. And here is a little bit of the plots. In an alternate near future, an underground fight club and criminal organization known as Schism achieved massive popularity by live streaming real death matches between criminals and psychos. 
ordinary computer programmer Miles Lee Harris, which is going to be Daniel Radcliffe, who gets his who gets his kicks by trolling online trolls, logs into Schism's forum to insult viewers or turn murder into entertainment. Richter, the criminal kingpin and psychopath who runs Schism, breaks into Miles' apartment with his henchman Dane, Effie, and Fuckface. All right. <laughs> After being beaten and drugged, Miles wakes up to find guns bloodily bolted into both of his hands, and he learns he's been forced to participate in Schism by being pitted against Nyx, the game's deadliest and craziest killer. So, the best part about this is in the in the uh, poster, he's just holding guns. They're not like fused yes. to his hand or part of his hand or anything. But in so, this, they're bolted to his hands. Yes. So that is Guns Akimbo. It is on Amazon Prime for free. Pretty sweet. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so, Joe, before we go, any last thoughts about 300? Yeah. I. It's a shame that... It's a shame that they stopped making movies that that were like this. This feels like there was Sin City, there was this, and then more recently they made a Sin City 2. Um, which was a bomb, which is, I think, the reason why they stopped making movies like this. Because Sin City 2 was a bomb, as was 300 Rise of a Nation. Or Rise of an Empire. Oh, so 300 Rise of an Empire, did that come out directly after 300? That was in 2014, I believe. Oh, see, they waited too long. I feel like if they just continued to release some more of those movies mm-hmm. around 2006, then we could have had a whole crop of these movies that were super duper, duper fun. But then they waited like eight years. Well, yeah, they waited eight years. And then by the time that we got follow ups, we had a new formula for comic book movies. Yes, because we Marvel already had the MCU. In, yeah, they were in full swing by then. And so all these comic properties, rather than going super stylized like 300 like sin city we got superhero movies that we know mcu the dc extended universe bloodshot right yeah yeah i i and i feel like they just missed the boat because it was a fun i i went back i told you i went back and i watched sin city before i Mm -hmm. watched 300 and they're not brilliant i wouldn't call them like you know brilliant movies or anything but they're fun and there's something very different about them and i really feel like those two stand alone in what they are even the the new sin city it doesn't feel like the old sin city like something changed no and i think it's because this was before i mean there were sequels and everything but this was before everything was trying to be the next franchise yeah Everything yes. is trying to be the next franchise right now. All these properties, was, they're, they're like, how can we make this into a 20-movie series? Yeah, it was the end of standalone movies. Mm-hmm. 300, um, 300 was a standalone. Sin City should have stayed a standalone. Sure. This, I think it sequel. was planned to be at the time. Yeah, but then they, they were like... three books into it. They just yeah. left one out. Yeah, and then they were like, well, let's see if we can franchise this and go from there. And, and um. You know, it stinks. It's, it sucks that everything has to be a franchise now. And everything's kind of... I think that's why I appreciated 300 more than I thought I would, was because it was something different. Yeah. I've gotten so used to just... The, I, I mean, I've seen... I own all the Marvel movies. I've seen them all. You own them all? Really? I own them all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In physical uh, form or on... I got on... Blu-rays of them all, baby. My God. You got me beat, my friend. Yeah, and, and I mean, I enjoy those movies. They they fill a role, but they're mostly the same. Yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and, and, and some of those are not all that good, but I don't see us covering them just because it's like... It, Scorsese had a point when he said, this isn't cinema. It's just... It's, it's, it's a business almost. Yeah, there's no chances taken in a single Marvel movie, except for the properties that they chose but it's not exciting to cover that they took a chance by having black panther yeah because it was not there's no risk none of them ever die yeah the only risk that was ever taken was starting the mcu and that's not fun to cover that was the only risk that was taken and it paid off in spades it paid off handsomely they can print a billion dollars a year if they want to just with marvel movies they just print it um so yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of an old old way of doing things, and it's weird to say an old way of doing things because it was 15, 16 years ago, but or not even that long ago. But it's it's Hollywood is they're all trying to make the next MCU now, and so that's why we won't get movies like this anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a shame. I hope I hope it makes a comeback when people get sick of realizing that they're um, consumers in this weird product wave of movies. Yeah, and I think the coronavirus thing, we might get that back. I think the next Marvel movies might not do too great because they finished up, not to make this about Marvel, but they finished Infinity up the, the Infinity Saga, and now they're in a, a the, the momentum is gone. Black Widow was supposed to come out March, I think, or May. It was supposed to come out May 1st. Yeah, but and, she's the least interesting of the characters and next only, to, uh, what's his face, the Arrow Hawkeye. guy? Yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah. But we lost all of our momentum with Marvel. So maybe we will get back to these one-offs, maybe, if we ever get movies again. Yeah, I don't know. I just think these production companies are too powerful. They almost invest in this stuff with the possibility of it being a franchise. Yeah. And if it well, doesn't have that ability, they don't see them making – they don't see it as being a good investment. Yeah, it's not how, how – it's not can this one movie make us money. It's can this one movie spin forward to make us ungodly amounts of money. That's right. what it is. Everybody's trying to do the next Marvel. So, well, I think we uh, we ended this a little bit more longingly for 300 than I than I expected because I did end up enjoying it. I told you I was not I was not excited to watch this one. There was a lot yeah. of there's a lot of politics wrapped up in it that I don't like. There's a lot of historical inaccuracy wrapped up in it that I don't like. But it there's was a lot of overacting. I mean, that's what was fun about it was the overacting. Sure. And sure. Um, it's just it's it's something that. I'm having trouble seeing happen again, that sort of thing in the future. We might get a remake of 300. I mean, if we see it again, it's going to be a remake. Well, that'd be wild. Yeah. With me as King Leonidas. And me as... Michael Fassbender. Shit. (laughs) There's no one else good to... All right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Reactionaries podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. We come out with new episodes every Friday and every Monday. If you don't like what you heard, just subscribe. We already get your downloads automatically, so I don't care what you think of us. Like I told Joe before the the episode, I'm in control. I don't care. (laughs) So for Joe, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody. And, um... Go build a wall out of some dead bodies. Earth and water. Wind, fire, and hearts. (laughs) Captain Zerksley.